0: joined by Claire, the vomit collector,
1: yes.
0: Mike, my chamber of the stool, <laughs> and Pete, the tanner. Yes. As you may have guessed, we're continuing Worst Jobs in History, Part 2.
2: Why do I have to wipe your arse?
0: <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate being chamber of, t- ward of the stool, the tanner. The tanner's
1: job was pretty nasty. Yeah, it is pretty,
0: it pretty yeah. nasty. Why do yeah, I get yeah, the worst job? Well, you smell yeah. a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It's a fair point. Can't
3: argue with that one. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, still, we bring to you this episode, part two of Worst Jobs in History. Follow us on Facebook at Cutting to the Bull and a post the Post Truth Apocalypse. YouTube is Apocalypse Bull and SoundCloud and Spotify and all other podcasting platforms. It is Cutting to the Bull and the PTA SoundCloud Analytics is working, guys.
2: Yes, Ooh. finally.
0: Yay! You can't spell analytics without anal. No. Let's switch. with Ann Arbor in the US. Frankfurt and Maine in Germany. Burlington in the US. Chennai in India. Groningen in Holland. Sure, we just played, played them this season on our Championship Manager Dutch game. The only thing I know about Groningen is Arjen Robbins started his career there. Oh, well, that's a nice... That's, yeah. I like that. I ended it. Oh, last... Nice. Yeah, nice. Mannheim in Germany, Kettering in the UK, Guadalajara, Spain, Gideon in the US, I haven't seen that one before, Brussels in Belgium, Ashburn, Virginia in the US and New York. New York? Yeah, here's a hell of a tone.
1: Thank you very much for listening.
0: Yep. Right, where should we start with the next one? How about being a sin eater? A sin? Yeah, if you want to reach heaven after death without having to worry about all those pesky little sins holding your soul back. In the 18th century, it's got a solution for you. Your loved ones could hire the local sin-eater to absorb all your wrongdoings. Money for a rope, that, isn't it? <laughs> well,
2: it is if you're an
0: atheist. I'd stand there, I'd do that yeah, now. That's it,
2: yeah.
0: I mean, I'd draw the line at some of them. I'm not taking on, like, paedophilia or anything. <laughs> oh,
2: what, what does this I mean? don't think you take on the paedophilia. I don't think you become a paedophile. <laughs> no, no, but I, say, I don't
0: want to hear that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because then that would be shit, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would, it would be. terrible. But I don't want to hear that shit either, you know? I just said, no, you, you, you can keep that one. <laughs> These workers took on the misdeeds of the deceased by eating some bread that had been placed on a dead person's chest. Now, sure, it does sound a little wild to us now, but back then the process was seriously heavy stuff. The writer, John Bagford, described a sin-eater as basically pawning his own soul for a groat, or four pence... <laughs> Or for professional sin eaters who are especially common in Wales, often soaking up the mortal wrongdoings of hundreds of people. Well, Wales, it, bestiality. It had to be the Welsh, didn't it? it Let's it. face it. Stop shoving
2: sex with sheep. But you don't. Then, then you aren't actually hearing confession As a dead person.
1: Yeah, you're taking bread off the chest. So, the bread
2: is the body of Christ, isn't it? Mm. You no, know, it's
0: symbolic. It's all symbolic with religion, isn't it?
1: and how do you know you're getting all their sins anyway what you know surely sins are only told from the person from the beholder
0: because in the bible it says somewhere especially if you're catholic what you hold true I will hold earth hold true on earth what you hold true on earth I'll hold true in heaven is a quote mm. so whatever laws man places on religion God has to uphold so if some if the pope decides that's okay pope's God's right hand man it is representative on earth, therefore, boom. You can absolve someone else's sins by eating that bread and saying, that is that sin.
1: Oh, right, okay.
3: So if I go rob a bank... Yeah, stick a loaf of bread on my chest and then eat it. No,
0: someone else is going to eat oh, it. Oh, I'll just feed it to my kids. And then... I think, <laughs> think they have to be willing. All and right. do you want your children eating bread off your chest? No, they don't have to eat it they, they, they do, have they to have, to have to eat it off the chest. I or? think you have to be dead as well.
3: Well, well that's a silly rule, isn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what about if they killed you, right? And then they, after a couple of minutes they got the fib on you? that would work that could work
3: yeah it? Yeah, yeah 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 okay no okay it, I mean it's a bit risky oh yeah it is a bit risky what's that film flatliners, flatliners that's yeah
0: it. fuck me I haven't seen that in years yeah great film that is they did a remake didn't they it was meant to be shite oh I never watched it. I never watch a remake they're too rare I watch a remake they're
2: never as good as they.
0: no no they are not let's move on to the next one lime burning Okay, lime mortar has been a crucial building material since the 1st century BC, but it takes a lot to turn its chalky origins into the cement-like finished product. Workers were needed to remove the carbon monoxide from the calcium-rich stone, which is where the lime burner stepped in. Their job involved heating limestone in a kiln at around 800 degrees centigrade, exposing themselves to harmful carbon monoxide and suffocating chalk dust. And as if all that wasn't mm. enough, the finished, project was, finished product was prone to explosion when it came into contact with water.
2: Ooh.
0: So it's dangerous and you're poisoning yourself. No mm. masks in them days, I'm guessing. Well, no masks of sufficient quality. No. No. They might have put a rag around their face yeah. or something. Probably but... a urine-soaked rag. Urine's
2: a cure masks for no blood, all, of it? Because if it gets in contact with water, it's going to blow your face off. It's not dripping wet. It's just been uh-huh. sort of dipped
0: in and wrung out, and the piss will protect you, kind of thing. <laughs> you like, well laugh, but that was like when mustard gas first came out. The first gas masks the French introduced were basically urine-soaked rags across the mouth and nose. It no, <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's all in the piss, <laughs> isn't it?
1: <laughs>
0: it's taking the piss. Yes, yeah. someone's always taking your piss. We still have rag and bone men now. Yeah. To an extent. I believe it was a popular singer.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say a singer.
2: Yeah, it was a popular comedy series in the 60s and 70s. Steptoe, Step-toe and, son. Oh, and Son.
0: Oh, fuck, yeah, I suppose. Oh, Harold. That? I don't remember that one. Oh, I remember that, obviously. <laughs> I remember yeah. The old
2: man, wasn't it, and his son.
0: Yeah, they ran a scrapyard. They were rag and bone men.
3: And that's gonna... what your, 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 your travellers are, the ones that walk around with the... Got the old iron. That's what. Yeah.
0: That's what they are, isn't it? They're the new. God, do you remember there was Rack Rack and bone? And there, there was so much of a phase of those guys in this area. and Then the council bought in licensing for them and they just dropped off completely. Because at one point it was anyone with a fucking van, wasn't it? Yeah. And a horn that can go like. Ugh
3: the most annoying fucking sound ever
0: yeah because that's that's all you want on a Sunday morning is some cunt going around sounding the most annoying horn in the world three streets away and you can fucking hear it
1: doesn't he say any old iron as
0: well I've shouted fuck off out the window at one point the way
3: they always say any old iron they don't just go any old iron they go (laughs)
0: I'm assuming it's some kind of fucking tradition, like the rose-tinted glasses kind of thing. Some blowper used to come round doing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just giving everyone,
3: the listeners, a bit
0: of a taste of our pain. Well, they've all turned off now. <laughs> Nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's not to make you fucking kill yourself or kill everyone in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing went to waste in the Middle Ages, and that included discarded animal bones and rags, which could be reused for glue, fertilizer, paper, and more. The bone bone collector's not a bad sounding job, though, is it? it? (laughs) It, Well, if you're a serial killer. A
1: film called that.
0: Wasn't it a series? Could have been a film. You might be right. Sometimes with a horse and wagon, calling out folks' unwanted food scraps and worn-out rags. I'm sure we
3: did this last week. No. I remember that. No, that's the plague bearers. Oh, no, it was the the guys that, that would go along the sides of the rivers, wasn't it? Getting the bits of metal and scrap rags. Toshes. It recall, was yeah. it's the, the um, scrap rag
0: bits. Mudlarks. Th- yeah. That
3: was it. Very similar job then, but, yeah. just. You are uh, just going door to
0: door at this point. Their yeah. work days lasted for ten hours and men became so desperate for saleable goods, they'd rummage through dust trucks and other people's ash piles for objects. So, dirty, long hours...
2: Desperation. Yeah, you're not exactly getting anything worth a lot, are you?
3: Do you know what? That's just what the poor souls are doing over in like Kenya and countries like that. You know, the ones recycling and all that. The ones that that live on the skips, essentially. Oh,
2: horrific!
3: And they sift through to get bits of plastic and things that they might be able to. Oh, it's such a shame. And that's basically what they're doing now. That shouldn't still be happening. Fucking eight, nine, thousand years. You know what I mean? Not eight, nine thousand years, eight, nine hundred years, a thousand years beyond these times or whatever. We shouldn't still be doing that. No. It's capitalism
2: for you. But there's
0: worse, I mean, this is the worst jobs in history. There's worse jobs now. Being a borium miner, you know, your smartphone, mm. you No, know, the battery, it's borium. You've got ten-year-old kids digging out of the ground with their bare hands, you know, getting poisoned after... Toughen them up, mate. It'll toughen them <laughs> up, don't worry. Character building. That'd be fine, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we all sit here and bow. we are all here, terrible, but we've also got smartphones, we've also got laptops, we've also got tablets. Yeah.
2: You know? It's not as if you have a choice, though, is it? You could do. You could the good if you wanted to. No, but, I mean, if you want those things, it's not... You can't just... Get it ethically. Yeah. Well, like an that.
0: ethical phone, please. The same <laughs> with the electric cars. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's that... that Gets it stuck its mind in Africa, then it's sent to Southeast Asia for processing, then it's sent it to Australia for something else to have done, then it comes back to Europe to be put into a car, and then it's shipped out all over the world. It's using, it's burning more carbon than it's ever going to save in its life. Mm. This is your problem. Get them Johnny Cabs in. Without the creepy mannequin head. You know someone would fuck that mannequin head, don't you? I'm guessing, you know that, they, I'm
3: guessing that someone's
0: in by the sound, <laughs> of it. You know they couldn't have their mouth wide open. They'd have to have put teeth in and grill it off. How many jolly cabs have come back to the fucking depot at night covered in someone's jizz? And <laughs> you reckon? Whoever picks you up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I know the mannequins, I find them a bit creepy.
3: This one would be like a hate wank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing wrong with a good old fashioned hate wank a teary hate wank I hate
3: this so much but oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's sort of a dribble nowadays <laughs> well by then it would probably be a <laughs> Just dust just a bit of a dust <laughs> a bit of dust blows just just... out alright one of you know if the prospect of going on a treadmill seems torturous to you, and I don't know about you, it does to me. Yeah. Fucking hate treadmills. Imagine having to stay on it for hours at a time to grind corn or mill water that you'll never actually use. This was the reality for Victorian treadmillers. This was considered too inhumane for prison, by the way.
1: Really?
0: These make prisoners do this, and then start, they banned it. In a supposed attempt to reform Victorian criminals, Sir William Cubitt forced prisoners to power giant water pumps and corn mills by stepping along a giant wheel for hours at a time. Human hamster?
1: Yeah, I was thinking, it's not
0: not that bad, is it? Convicts have become weak and injured after months of gruelling, fruitless labour, leading the British Prison Act to ban the practice in 1898.
2: (laughs) Okay. It has to be pretty bad if it's going to get banned at that
0: point. Yeah. If it's 1898 and Victorian prisons are effectively just workhouses with extra with less gruel, then and they're banning it, then alright, that says a lot, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, because they were still quite happy to send little kids into the big machines and that and get shredded. At exactly. That point, weren't they? So if they were banning that, it must have been really fucking bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. I love the title of the next one, The Resurrectionists. Mm.
3: I kind of want to be one of them.
2: They're body snatchers, what they call oh themselves right. so. Maybe not.
0: Really. <laughs> but they call themselves resurrectionists.
2: Well, they're not going to call themselves body snatchers. <laughs> <are they? laughs>
0: because resu- putting resurrectionist on your on your fucking business card sounds a lot better than grave digger and body snatcher. No, I, think, I think
3: on your CV it would help as well, wouldn't yeah. it?
0: you know, I want to throw it like, on my next CV, just see so if anyone picks up on it.
3: Right. Resurrectionist. Resurrectionist, yeah, you have to say it
0: right. Resurrectionist. It
1: sounds sexual.
3: I knew you were going to say
0: that. <laughs> now, many medical minds in the 18th and 19th centuries saw human dissection not just as a medical must, but also as a vital part of the justice system. The Company of Surgeons in London became legally obligated to conduct public dissections of murderers in 1752. Why the fuck not? So those people that, that have the gallery, like,
3: all sat around doing, like, these That's scientific... It, yeah. Dissections, they yeah. were more often than not murderers or like. Yeah, people have been hung, yeah. Okay, so they weren't just randoms that had died or whatever, they were used specifically arseholes.
0: Yes, the problem is the death sentence and being dissected after is a fairly powerful deterrent. Yeah. And there's only so many murderers to go around. Hmm. Well,
2: especially if you're Christian, aren't you? You want a Christian burial of yeah, you don't want
1: to be. D- yeah.
2: yeah. Then again, you wouldn't have murdered someone in the first place if you're a Christian. But everyone's <laughs> got that underlying Christianity
0: yeah, at this point, yeah. haven't they?
2: <laughs> well, also the justice system wasn't great back then. And
0: it wasn't. It wasn't. And there was probably a fair few hangings. I mean, you so could be hung for stealing a sheep, yeah. for fuck's sake. They hung
3: you were if you were a woman.
0: Only if you were a witch. Yeah, but that's the, my point to say they hung you if you
2: were a woman there probably a lot of innocent people as well oh god yeah
0: yeah yeah now, 18th and 19th centuries were not doing witch trials no but we're still talking innocent people would have still gone down yeah. Think, yeah if someone was stitched up well enough then yeah there weren't, weren't hung, no DNA and proper no. investigations there's no fingerprints there's no DNA no. And there's only so many killers to go around and you need these cadavers because people need to learn shit. They need to practice on bodies. Doctors need to learn anatomy. Mm. And so you start getting body snatchers or resurrectionists. Well, the job was lucrative. It was also, one, dangerous. People used to set up traps on freshly did, dug yeah. graves, like like a, a pistol loaded to go off at chest height or stomach height. What's, so, that, f- what's that film?
3: Birkenhead. Birkin that's. It.
0: You know, there'd be flares and shoot up to be yeah. like cemeteries and have night watchmen. This became a. Because a real the
1: resurrectionists go around robbing bodies. Freshly
0: dug graves, yeah. If you get a fresh cadaver to a surgeon, he might give
2: you £5, pounds, which back then was a huge amount of money. And then when the graves were empty, they started knocking off people. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what Birkenhead did. Yeah. They murdered people.
0: They did. I don't know how common that was, but they definitely mm. did. So it it probably one. happened. <clears throat> right. I dare say it did. And let's face it, it's also pretty fucking disgusting because bodies weren't getting embalmed at the time. They are just sticking them in the ground with a shroud around them. So they're going to be mushy. Yeah.
3: That's why they have to be fresh, though, isn't it?
0: There's no embalmation, which means you yeah. got all your blood is going to leak out of your anus.
2: Again, they want fresh. the fresher the better, so, you know, the incentive there is... To Murder someone, <laughs> take him straight along. Like, oh, yeah. find this guy in the
0: alley. That's what they yeah. used to say, yeah. Yeah, he was stabbed inside the tavern. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally, of course. You know, you don't want you know a corpse leaking blood out its anus on you. You will go. Sorry, ladies and gents, Claire, Pete, Mike. We all go out with a book plug.
3: <laughs> if we know we're going out, if, if, get a at your plug. funeral
0: you will have a book plug.
3: Oh, oh nice. yeah. I thought you meant before we go, stick a butt plug up there so you don't <laughs> expel everything out of your butt.
0: Well, you will do that on death anyway. Yeah.
2: I normally wear vibrating butt plugs at funerals anyway, so... <laughs> <know>. <laughs> 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 did you do it, start doing that, just as
0: opposed
1: to a
2: little bit? A bit more interesting. in it, it it?
0: Car's for our funeral, fun. <laughs> 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 and fun. You Anyhow, Mike wants to put a vibrating butt plug inside himself and have the, what they call called, the fucking the guys who carry the coffin. The pole bearers. The pole bearers, they have the app on their phone and they're controlling for him. <laughs> that was dangerous, wasn't it? Yeah. As he's
2: bearing the fucking
0: coffin.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: fuck?
2: Yeah, you don't me to carry a coffin.
3: Well, how many have you dropped?
0: <laughs> Enough. That's why I just keep out the undertakers <laughs>
2: Well, that yeah. another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Use your imagination, listeners. I'm sure you can.
0: You know, one of the finest comedic moments of my life is when I walked past a funeral. I was taking the dog out, and I was heading towards the church. And the one of the guys is there in the morning, coat and top hat. It was quite important. It was the guy who owned the funeral company, and he, he died, and he had this massive funeral. And he went, morning. I went, no, nah, I was walking the dog, mate. Hey. <laughs> Finest. C- Even he fucking doubled over laughing. Uh, and he was supposed to be serious. <laughs>
2: uh, I like that.
1: <laughs> I bet he took a bow, I did, not you? I
0: fucking. I, you know, I nearly did. Now, the herring girls, this one doesn't seem so, so bad, but then herrings do fucking stink. They travelled on the coast of Britain following the migration of herring to help trawl them and preserve and prepare their catch. This included gutting and salting herrings at record speed for up to 15 hours. Fuck me. So paid by the barrel and the faster workers made more money. Herring girls would try to protect their hands from the inevitable cuts that gave them handling sharp knives and bones by using cloths and flour but it didn't work, and injuries would often become infected. As if that wasn't enough, the workers would be denied, denied access to hotels and even their own homes, thanks to the foul smell.
1: You wouldn't want to let them in, would you? Fuck no. Get another a bath, or, you know... I suppose a bath wasn't, you know, available back then, was it? As, as, as readily. Of
0: course not. He's, I don't know, man, just fucking gutting fish. When up, was you know? this? Oof. Well, there's a photo of it, so we'll assume it's turn of the century. Well, that's
3: what I'm trying to work out. Like, yeah, I wonder how how old, whether that's jobs, how long ago that job died out, if it well, did. It's
2: still going on. Isn't that's what I sure? mean. If it, if it, well, yeah, it's conditions. Now, right? Well, yeah, true. And conditions
3: probably would be well, better in this,
2: in this in the West. It is. I'm sure that.
0: Oh yeah, probably if you got the southeast days, you'd imagine they're oh, yeah. still doing this, mm. and in more traditional areas, yeah, if there's herring. I don't know where herring. I don't know where herring live. I'm not an expert on herring. If it ain't herring, it'd be another fish. Yeah. Well, yeah. Forget about finding a needle in a haystack. Opium pickers used to have to have unravel entire ropes in search of specific fibers. At least you get kids doing this, Victoria? What's oakum? Oakum. I don't that's opium. <laughs> oakum. You basically spliced apart the old ropes to for sailing ships to make. Better ropes. Oakum is a hemp fibre that was in high demand of sea because of how well it protects wood from water. And you can get it from two sources virgin hemp plants and unwound old rope. Ill behaved sailors and prisoners and children were given the task of unravelling metres and metres of rough, thick rope with their bare hands, often causing bursitis, infection, and scarring because it's old rope, old hemp rope.
1: Yeah
0: just unravelling it fibre by fibre to Yeah, used to get children doing that in the orphanages back in the back in the day. As well as prisoners. We were just sitting there in silence, unravelling fucking rope. Cutting your hands open all the time. Be shit, wouldn't it, that? It would be shit.
2: No, I was the worst
0: job I ever had, except it wasn't didn't slice my hands open, but it was still pretty shit. I had to sit there for ten hours a day cleaning mobile phone cases you know the phones those came out and they used to have the clippable fascia yeah, so you could yeah. change the colour, they yeah. used to mould them all downstairs, bring them up to the, the upstairs and there was about 60 temps, temporary workers all there, 10 hours a day with the same fucking, with the local radio station on, they played the same fucking songs four times an hour So why I can't stand the song Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader <laughs> <laughs> Toothbrush, bottle of mask, goggles, scrubbing the fucking solder off. And that was it. That was it. Case of twenty-four phones. Do some of them an hour. Lovely. That was the worst job I've ever had. I nearly lost my mind. I lasted two and a half days, and I was one of the longest-serving people there. <laughs> you wouldn't have lasted there then, would it? Nope. Been in Oakham. Nope. Certainly wouldn't. It was solder string. Mm. Thing is, they haven't got a choice. I had the choice, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, everyone there was a, was a temporary worker. You went on the agency, you'd go there. Oh, wouldn't do anything like that again. Minimum wage as well, I guess. Actually, the money wasn't, it was like a pound extra, because obviously they struggled to get people they, to stay. They knew how shit it they was. They knew how shit it was, so you used to get like a pound extra. Right, moving on from life experience, I've never experienced this one. Petardiers. They kicked off their careers with a bang. The position involved placing heavily fragile heavy fragile bombs as close to the enemy defenses as possible yeah the only soldier one we've had really above the squire of the knights
1: this is sort of like somewhere in between like being a kamikaze and not i guess because they didn't
0: want to die
3: yeah but they probably would one way or another i guess
0: If you haven't heard of a petardier yet, it's probably because the position only existed during late medieval and early renaissance times, and probably also because not many lived to talk about the job. It involved teams of around seven men placing petards, a rudimentary kind of bomb, as close to the enemy defence lines as possible during sieges. So think fortress walls, tunnels, etc. Is this the French? the f- word's French and that's man, what I'm yeah. thinking
3: it must have been the French this mustn't
2: it you know the phrase hoisted by your own petard no because I'm not the 75 <laughs> 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 when something goes something goes wrong that y- you know you've caused the problem that's still not no, made no, me no. hear it but alright okay it's quite a common
3: phrase no I've never I don't think I've ever uh, heard that or you, if I have heard it I've, it's just been so yeah. like what the fuck are you talking I've about I've been
0: hoisted oh. by my own petard yeah in other words, you got blown up by your own bomb. Yeah. yeah. Are they, you know, I can think of worse military jobs over the years. I mean, kamikaze pilot. There's one. Mm. Straight away. Those miners in World War one that must have been pretty fucking terrifying. The bomb dogs? Being a bomb dog would have been pretty shit. <laughs> Being a British infantryman on the first day of the Somme wouldn't have been fantastic.
2: Yeah. I've- What's that one where they...
0: Go in first. Oh, the forlorn hope. That's it. Yeah, you wouldn't want that job, though. You volunteered for that, essentially, didn't you? Because you got promoted quite highly if you uh, <laughs> if you survive. If you survive, but not many yeah, survived You're the first
2: one to storm the castle, so.
0: Yeah, they make the breach, and you know, like, okay, we're going in, and there'll be like a group of twenty or thirty men whose job it was, effectively, to trigger the traps that they laid. Yeah. So all those barrels of gunpowder—they dug into the breach while they had chance. Yeah. All those barrels of hot
2: oil—they're gonna pour yeah. over your head. If the you... rocks—they're gonna launch at you yeah. as well as shoot at you. Mm. You're gonna get the the brunt of it, aren't
0: you? Yep. You're gonna waste their ammunition so the main assault force can go in. I'd put that ahead of this, being in the forlorn hope. Yeah. Even if you did volunteer, apparently there was never a shortage of volunteers. Who wanted the glory? Want yeah. the glory? Yeah. You want, every soldier wants to be that man that stands there. He's so like, that guy, that guy did that. Yeah. He was first at the breach at such and such. It's that over, innit? And then he gets shot in the head by accident by <laughs> your own sergeant or something. Well, You will not
1: know about that anyway. No, nah, you wouldn't.
0: But still, yeah. I think any job in the military over the any period of time has always been pretty shite. Well, unless you're the field marshal at the back. Oh, Mike, he had to survive on some crappy f- local red wine rather than the champagne he was used to.
2: <laughs> Don't be daft. They would have shipped it in for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, it takes a while, mate, supply chain. <laughs> yeah, then make sure they get that before <laughs> anything else. You say that, but in World War One, the British were so well supplied by the end of it, they used to line the fucking trenches with corned beef cans. What would open no open ones, uh, like, so you'd put them up like fat end down, mm. and they'd line them up, that was the fucking decking. Yeah, like seats or anything like that. Yeah. What about it, turning deceased pharaohs and other liberty from corpses to mummies? That's a shitty job. So what was the name of the job? Was that it? It didn't really and have a name. An embalmer? Yeah. yeah. An ancient Egyptian embalmer? You should know this, Pete, you've been there, you've shot several people. Not yet. Ah. Uh, Not yet. Not yet. Well, you just fucking get that together, to move on. Gotta wait till
3: they make this time machine. But you were working on it. Well, I am. <laughs> takes
2: time, you know. <laughs> the irony of it isn't really. <laughs> time machine. takes a lot of time to build.
0: There is that. So, if you're an ancient Egyptian bomber, you're removing the brain from the nose of the mummy to be using an iron hook. Lovely. Yeah, right, get it right up there. You'd have to fucking really sc- scrape that fucking cranial cavity out, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah,
2: they do, don't they? You'd
0: have to jam it up, wiggle it about, pull it out. Oh, I'd take ages. Till it's,
2: till it's like liquid.
0: Yuck. Then you're removing all the organs except the heart. I mean, apparently it was a precious position, but. Mm. I
1: think I could do that.
0: I mean, I could do it. I mean I wouldn't it'd be a bit grim at first though
1: I saw the head and take the brain out though
0: oh no it's up the, you've got to go intact yeah
1: oh that's,
0: that's why way. it's the eye and hook up the nose you've got to go intact your organs can go but you'll need your physical body but well, how heart. do you know whether
1: you've got it all out then
0: until it's basically just a liquid or you feel you're just all you're feeling is the the, the the top of the iron hook scraping along the top of the skull and around, no, doesn't no it? No more
3: resistance. No more again.
0: resistance. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh. yeah, I can still do it.
0: Well, you do. It, you, you get
2: used to it. It's like any of these jobs. You get used to it. But I guess it's only certain people that have been mummified, wouldn't it? everybody no I mean the, the, no the, the top boys no yeah. balls your pharaohs but no balls was up
3: wasn't it really yeah, yeah
0: no wasn't up I think everyone would have some kind of embalmation Im- done Whether they was just mummified in a shroud rather than all the preservative shit mm. done mm. this is part of the religion wasn't it gong farmer feel like you're dealing with a lot of crap at work try turning that to a gong farmer and when you think of Tudor achievements a few things comes to mind gorgeous dresses glamorous nights stunning hoses plumbing. However, that was not a great feature of the age. In fact, most people did their business in communal latrines called cesspits. Oh. And of course, these massive piles of vile substances didn't clean themselves and seeing as only as parts of London only had 16 latrines per 30,000 oh, people God. in the 14th century, the job of waste removal became vital. Gong farmers were hired to take the mess away at night charging local councils chemis- two measly shillings per tonne of removal. Huh. The dangerous job was brimming the bacteria, and it sounds like it must have been one of the smelliest tasks of the day. And let's face it, you fall in that cesspit, you ain't getting out.
2: Oh. Bloody hell.
1: Where would he take it? To
0: the tanners. To so the farms. Oh, I imagine. Farmers, good fertiliser,
3: yeah. tanners, yeah, lots of uses.
0: I going mean, to shit and piss. You know, it ain't solid. It's it's full of piss as well. It's...
1: Yeah.
2: Liquid gold. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: people ain't going there just for a piss, though, are they? People are only going there for a shit. Yeah, well, yeah,
2: true. Yeah, but... Because they're just be
3: pissing up any old fucking whatever, aren't they? You
2: normally go for a piss at the same time, don't you? True,
3: but... It's not a full piss, is it? It's always like a half a piss. <laughs> with a little bit at the end
2: especially if it's the first one in the morning
0: <laughs> still there was alleyways in, in cities where you just go and piss I mean there's an alley in, in Paris called piss alley except it's in French piss alley you know that's the <laughs> awesome one there's always a piss alley wherever you go
1: and a dog shit alley there's and a, a dog, dog shit alley
3: one of them in every fucking town in the UK <laughs>
0: yeah there is about victorian rat catching
3: Mm. up charlie day street this one
0: (laughs) Uh, they didn't use traps or cages to earn their money you caught them by hand they were paid by the beast the added ickiness was probably well worth it some like the famous rat catcher jet black not that jet black (laughs) also bred unique looking rats for wealthy clients who wanted them as pets and others encouraged gamblers to bet on rat fights. That said, the money was hard-earned. Jack Black himself talked about the many times he'd almost died from infected bites.
1: Why would they catch him by hand when they could get themselves a Jack Russell or a Frenchie or something? To, you know?
0: Well, it would have been a Jack Russell, not a Frenchie, for a start.
1: I thought Frenchies were ratters as well.
0: Yeah, but not in England. No. Well. Might be a few knocking about, but... Would have been Jack Russells and any, any type of terrier, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, why didn't they get? You know, why
1: is he catching them by hand anyway? Why didn't they get there
0: Because dogs take time. I suppose if you can just catch a load, get them in a sack, drown them, you get the bodies there. I mean, the dog takes time, doesn't it? You
1: thought how hard it would be to catch a rat yeah. in your hand? Imagine
0: how, many,
2: imagine how many fucking rats there are. Yeah. And they're gonna bite and scratch.
0: We're not talking. I see at least three rats a day right usually in the morning in the yard somewhere mm. scurrying across usually first thing in the morning victoria london they're just roaming up and down the streets they're part of everyday life they're like the, they're like cats you see roaming around mm. I mean, we're not just talking a few you know one or two we're talking dozens at a time
1: we're running down the street yeah that?
0: getting in your house
3: so why don't we have that many rats anymore then
0: better pest control we do. There are rats about. It's yeah. just that you don't see them in your house because we don't. We've got a line around. We have plumbing never, and that now. People rats stuck onto people's toilets now. They you say it? you're never
3: more than like, is it two meters away from a rat or something? If you're on ground level, obviously.
0: Yeah, something like that. Fifteen feet, maybe. It's, 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 it's there ridiculous. is a measurement, but it's not. Yeah. it's Not far. <laughs> it's not, not far. Of, rats and humans have grown up together. They've, you know, at the end of the day, rats have been feeding on our waste for fucking since we've been around. I used to feed my pet rats uh,
3: food at the end of the day. Which if we had a bit of scrap left on our plate, it would go into the rat's bowl and that would be their dinner for the night. They were ace. Yeah, domesticated rats anywhere, aren't quite the same as sewer rats. No. The London, fat, grey, nasty rats.
0: I mean... red yeah. eyes. <laughs> the film, The Rats. Oh, it's not a film, it's a book, sorry. The What's book. The film? Is there a book, film? Oh, the book's fucking terrifying the rats I seem to remember it but James Herbert there was two and there was three three rats books and the last one was like there'd been a nuclear war and the rats were like fighting what humans were left and feeding on radiation riddles humans and shit oh it was fucking grim hmm. and they mutated as well they were even bigger swamp rats like, yeah. from, oh. uh, they're the scariest rats I think
3: the ones from The Prince's Bride oh yeah oh yeah the big, the big swamp Rodents of, of
2: unusual size, or something they call it. Aren't they? It's something
3: like that, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, they scared. They're massive. The shit. <laughs> they scared the shit out of me when I was a little. I kid. bet,
0: yeah. Lastly, yeah. then the radium girls. Oof.
1: Oh, I've heard
0: of these? During World War One, hundreds of young women went to work in clock factories painting watch dials with luminous radium paint. Because obviously, soldiers in the trenches need to tell the time at night, so they're painting the Painting everything up, fi- finally painting the watches, watch faces, and clocks.
2: When they first discovered it, they thought it was like a wonder drug. Yeah, made they did. you vibrant and yeah. They were telling people. they were people who ingested it purposely. Yeah, they used to put it in toothpaste. Used to put it in drinks. I'd say water and that. Yeah.
0: Like they add it to drinks, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. It's worth noting. Where did they source it. Radium. It was like. Uh, it's a substance. I mean, Marie Curie. Discovered element, it. Isn't it? It's an element. Interesting, Marie Curie, the woman who first sort of invented, uh, discovered radioactivity, didn't die of radiation poisoning. Mm-hmm. But all of her papers and textbooks and everything.
2: I thought she did die of
0: it. Uh, I thought she was like sixty something. Well, she had a good like forty years of she? being exposed to it. Yeah. Uh-huh. All her stuff. All her studies kept in lead-lined caskets Mm. because they're all highly radioactive Mm. so the girls literally glowed in the dark after their shifts now April 10th 1917 an 18 year old woman named Grace Fryer started work as a dial painter at the United States Raging Company in New Jersey four days after the US had joined World War I and with two soldier brothers Grace wanted to do all she could help do to help the war effort. With war declared, hundreds of working class women flocked to the studio where they were employed to paint watches and military dials with a new element radium which had been discovered by Marie Curie a little less than 20 years before. The dial painting was the elite job for the poor working girls. It paid more than three times the average factory job and those lucky enough to land a position ranked in the top 5% of female workers nationally.
1: Cool
0: giving them financial freedom in a time of burgeoning female empowerment. Many of them were teenagers with small hands perfect for the artistic work and they spread the message of their new jobs appeal through their friend or family networks and often whole sets of siblings worked alongside each other in the studio. Ray Jim's luminosity was part of the allure and the doll painters soon became known as the Ghost Girls because by the time they'd finished their shifts they themselves were glow in the dark. Oh
2: they made
1: yeah, painting come. it on themselves were they was it just like
2: you're gonna get it on you aren't you yeah i guess
1: like a dust and then they had to put it in some sort of
2: well, what you know. they used to do is they used to lick the end of the paper yes brush. we'll get to that yeah i yeah. yeah.
0: they didn't help themselves because they made the most of it wearing the wearing their good dresses in the plant, so they'd shine in the dance halls at night and even painting radium Onto their teeth for a smile that would knock their suitors dead. Yeah. That'd be quite freaky if I'm like, you're in this of a dark dance hall and the girl smiles at you and her teeth glow in the dark, like yeah,
2: bright green. Yeah. You're like, whoa, what the fuck? Oh, radium. It's like that Friends episode with Ross with <laughs> under the black light in it. Yeah. He has um, white teeth whitened, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> that was must that funny
0: part you miss one you know <laughs> <laughs> you see my tattoo of the friend's funniest yeah, I've heard it jokes before I've got back is shat you only laugh at it
2: because it's looking popular no <laughs> is it funny yeah it yeah. was a good it's not like the most popular show for like 10 years and it was shat you're in the minority mate I'm not you really are, really you,
1: are well, well, you are in
3: the
0: room you are in the world yeah. mate mm, guarantee yeah well those of us who hold to the traditions of what is actually funny
2: you don't find anything
0: funny. Loads of stuff. Buddy. <laughs> loads of stuff. Loads. All right, Grandad. Come on. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so, Grace and her colleagues obediently followed the technique they've been taught. For the painstaking handiwork of painting the tiny dials, some of which are only three and a half centimetres wide. The girls are instructed to slip their paintbrushes between their lips to make a fine point. A practice called lip pointing or lip dip paint routine every time the girls raised their, the brushes of their mouths they swallowed a little bit of the glowing green paint God. not good not good at not all Not
3: good. Yeah.
0: Now, ever since the glowing element had been discovered it had been known to cause harm Marie Curie herself had suffered radiation burns from handling it and people had died of raging poisoning before the first dial
2: painter ever picked up her brush but of course the managers said that it wasn't dangerous. Notice they weren't doing it themselves. Mm. We need them glowing
0: the dark watches for the soldiers, Mike. Mm. Of course it's not dangerous, it's fine. A bit of PPE wouldn't have gone amiss though, no, would that's it, really eh? True. That was why the men at the Raging Companies wore lead aprons in their laboratories and handled the raging with ivory tipped tongs. Yet the dial painters were not afforded such protection. Or even warned it might be necessary. Oh dear. See, that's shit. That is shit. Because they
3: clearly fucking knew. So it's like, nah,
0: you're right, girls, get on with it. And this is because at the time, a small amount of... A small, tiny amount of radium, such as the girls were handling, was believed to be beneficial to health. Oh, Christ. People drank radium water as a tonic. One could buy cosmetics, butter, milk and toothpaste laced with the wonder element... And newspapers reported its use would add years to our lives. <laughs> in all fairness, I think it was only the late 90s we stopped using radium in cancer treatment. They also said the same thing about
3: cigarette smoking. Though, oh, you're they? absolutely right. Like they said that would prolong your
0: life and shit.
3: Yeah, yeah men smoked.
0: Men smoke. Real men smoke. Right. Fucking shit, wasn't it? Nazi doctors who figured out it caused lung cancer, you know. Mm. Was it? Yeah, it was the, the Nazi doctors. The Germans were good at science, weren't they? Yes. Mm. At that point, literally they discovered the link between smoking and lung cancer. Obviously, they didn't stop giving everyone cigarettes. I was
1: going to say they'd get banned in a not then.
2: You know when women started to smoke mm. during the whole women's rights and the what suffragettes. It? That's, and it, that's such. the word I was looking for. The suffragettes. They bombarded with propaganda, told them that it was torches of freedom to get them to smoke. Because <laughs> at what? the time, it was considered uncouth for women to smoke. And yeah, yeah. It was just men. But they obviously thought, hang on a minute, half we'll the market this. here. <laughs> yeah, 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 So, like, torches of freedom. Torches women that lit up were independent and strong world and, uh, so.
0: <laughs> Hey, you can double your clientele, can you? Of course you can. Double your customer base. Well in Britain women have smoked for, smoke cigarettes and such, but some women smoke pipes. Not big ass pipes, but little corn cob pipes and older women smoke pipes. Wasn't unknown of in this country for women to smoke. America possibly. So where are we? But that belief was founded upon research conducted by the same radio firms who'd built their lucrative industry around it. They ignored all the danger signs, and when asked, managers told the girls a substance would put roses in their cheeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. it really will. And a green glow. Mm. In 1922, one of Grace's colleagues, Molly Magnier, had to quit the studio because she was sick and she didn't know what was wrong with her. The trouble had started an aching tooth, a dentist pulled it, and then the next tooth started hurting and had to be extracted. And in place of the missing teeth, agonizing ulcers sprouted as dark flowers blooming red and yellow with blood and pus, They seeped constantly and made her breath foul. Then she suffered aching pains in her limbs that were so agonising they left her unable to walk. The doctor thought it was rheumatism, so he sent her home with aspirin. By May 1922, Molly was desperate. At that point, she'd lost most of her teeth and the mysterious infection had spread. Her entire lower jaw, the roof of her mouth, and even some of the bones of her ears were said to be one large abscess. Oh, oh. fuck me. But the worst was to come. When a dentist prodded delicately at her jawbone, to his horror and shock, it broke against her oh fingers. My God. It, yeah. His fingers. He removed it not by operation, but merely by putting his fingers in her mouth and lifting it out.
1: Ah.
0: Yeah. Only days later, her entire lower jaw was removed in the same way. Molly was literally falling apart, and she wasn't the only one. By now, Grace Fire too was having trouble with her jaw and suffering pains in her feet, and so were the other radium girls. On September 22nd, uh, t- sorry, September 12th, 1922, the strange infection that had plagued Molly Maggie for less than a year spread to the tissues of her throat. The disease slowly ate its way through her jugular vein. And at 5pm that day her mouth was so flooded with blood as she haemorrhaged, so fast that her nurse could not staunch it, she died at the age of 24. With her doctors flummox as the cause of death, her death certificate erroneously said she died of syphilis, something her former company would later use against her. But as if by clockwork, one by one, Molly's former colleague soon followed her to the grave.
1: All really similar
0: sort of, you know. Yeah. yeah, you'd have thought so, yeah. If you can remove someone's fucking jawbone with your fingers, there's something seriously wrong, isn't there? That's not syphilis, is it?
1: No. Come on. We've all been licking them paintbrushes.
0: Yeah. The young women's employer, the obviously United States Raging Company, denied any responsibility for the deaths for almost two years and after suffering a downturn in business because of what they saw as, quote, gossip that wouldn't go away. In 1924, they finally commissioned an expert to look into the rumoured link between the dial painting profession and the women's deaths. Unlike the company's own research into radium's beneficence, this study was independent, and when the expert confirmed the link between the radium and the women's illness, the president of the firm was outraged. Instead of accepting the findings, he paid for new studies that published the opposite conclusion. He also lied to the Department of Labour, which began investigating about the verdict, the verdict of the original report. Publicly, he denounced the women as trying to palm off their owners on the firm, and decried their attempts to get some financial help for their mounting medical bills. Hmm. Bad, isn't it? That's fucking shocking, thick, isn't it? That it thats just absolutely shocking. Mm. Yes. It was only once the only male, the first male employee of the aging firm, died the experts finally took it up and said, yeah, I think that might be right.
1: Not a male dying.
0: A man dying caused them to look at it again and in 1925, a brilliant doctor named Harrison Martland devised tests that proved once and for all the rage to poison the women. It's disgusting, it's
1: disgusting isn't it, really? Of course it is. Oh, what's, a, what's that a picture of?
0: Rage induced cancer of the knee. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. we are looking like a somebody's legs and then the, the, the knee looks like it's exploded
0: looks like a cauliflower or something yeah, yeah I mean it's, it's, it's Christ it's, it's huge that's
1: nasty
0: the damaged bones glowed from rage embedded deep within them Wow. sometimes the moment a woman realised she had rage and poisoning was when she caught, a, caught sight of herself in a mirror in the middle of the night and for a ghost girl was reflected there in the mirror shining with Unnatural luminosity that sealed her fate. Fuck.
1: we will also look at another picture of a lady with a well, tumor
0: like... on her chin. Yeah. Major induced sarcoma of the chin where it's just swelled out a good three four inches. Looks she she like she's she got a desperate off. dan chin or oh, yeah. quagmire. Yeah.
3: Quagmire with Peter Griffin's bollock chin stuck on the end. Of...
1: Yeah.
3: yeah, not nice. I'm not trying to make fun out of like but it's the only way
0: I can describe mm. it. <laughs> Despite the ragam Industries' attempts to discredit Martin's pioneering work, it hadn't reckoned with the courage and tenacity of the ragam girls themselves, and they started banding together to fight the injustice, and there was an altruistic motive of their battle. After all, doll painters were still being employed all across the United States. You know, Grace Fryer said herself, I stop for myself, I care, I'm thinking more of the hundreds of girls to whom this may serve as an example. And lawyers wouldn't even take him on. They were like, no, don't believe you, you woman. The company said this fine, why is it listen to you? Oh wait, your jaw's fallen off. You're glowing green in my slightly darkened office. Come on. Has well, anyone got anything else that springs to mind for one of the worst jobs in history? Ooh.
3: Being a home delivery driver for Iceland? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nah,
3: over the pandemic, that was pretty shit but no.
0: You tried to be like, in a Carter during the Black Plague, Pretty much the same thing really. Yeah, it really was. It <laughs> like you say, right.
2: we're focused on the West, aren't we? And our labour laws have thankfully got a lot better protection for workers, mm. health and safety, but a lot of poor countries are probably still doing a lot of these jobs well your sweatshops
3: haven't you? come on yeah. let's it. sweatshops you've still got your rag and bone men essentially yeah. but probably worse than they ever were or just as bad your as they ever was toshes,
2: they're yeah. still out there they're still, yeah. they're still doing these shit jobs it's modern day slavery as well let's I face it
3: I guarantee there'll still be tanners that do it the old school way yeah. as well just in like your African tribes and things like that that don't have the modern the of, yeah yeah so you probably still tan leather and the old Old
2: school ways. It's a possibility, yeah. I think it's a distinct possibility. Claire, any suggestions? Obviously like you said, people working in the mines. Yeah, Borium mines. Yeah. <laughs> people working in any mine in, in a third
0: diamond world country. Mines, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't want any of the jobs. Well, and on that note, let's end this episode. I've
2: been Ben. Thank you very much for listening. Don't just the favourite, do don't you on a call. I've been Mike, thanks for listening, peace out, better thoughts be with me. I've been her, thanks for listening, thank you, Mike, and it's still back to you. I've been Pete, thank you very much for
3: listening, everyone. Take care.